0: turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to talk about something Jerry was actually talking about today. I've been talking about it. I really want to stay here a little bit because it's so important. And we're going to do, it's Romans chapter 8, actually verse 5, Jennifer, if you do have it or if you're able to. Jennifer is so wonderful. Thank you, Jennifer, for your service and uh, your family and uh, the blessing that you are. Thank you very much. She's quick. She's going to pray for me to get some IT type of literacy here, okay? Jennifer said, Jim, I've given up you on you a long time ago. <laughs> but we're glad to have servants of the Lord a part of this, to make this service go. In a, and actually, we've talked about in excellence and what God calls. Look at it. We're talking about actually renewing of your mind. We talked about Last week and continually, there we are in a prolonged time of this spiritual warfare, intense warfare. And the only way that you and I are going to be able to go through this time, because really what happens is between your two ears, okay? You know, we know in our minds how we think actually determines how we behave. And uh, what we dwell upon actually just dis- without the distractions or with the distraction, what we set our focus on. And this is what the Scripture talks about. Those who live according to the sinful nature, let's just all say it together with me if you would when you start those. Those who live according to the sinful nature shall have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires how you live your life is going to be determined by what's between your two ears, your mind actually, how you think. You know, And I I believe it's so important to understand that because obviously uh, the key factor that determines the course of our lives is our thoughts. If we think right then we'll act right. If we think wrong then we'll go in the wrong direction. Many people today are uh, actually I believe just really in deception. Many people are calling good bad and or evil and evil good and so forth. It's all mixed up. And that's why when you look at it and sometimes you go, somebody says something and you scratch your head and you go, yes, that's not right. That's not right. God gives us discernment to say these things are not right in the way we see things happening today. And, and it seems like that those who are really anti-God... It seems to be that they're going one direction even in in a a faster pace. And those who maybe we have an inkling, there is a God and I want to know this God and I want to have a relationship with this God. I've heard that maybe as a little kid and as we grow up and so forth. And it seems to be like, I guess the word is a chasm, a division that's taking place there now. And so we are at a time, I don't know when Jesus will come back. He could come back at any time, I believe. But I do believe that, obviously, we are being prepared. And we talked about it from Revelation chapter 19, where we believe that, I believe, the bride is being prepared and we're being prepared. And so, some of the spiritual warfare that we see, we know in Daniel chapter 7 we talked about, and, and the enemy try, wears down the saints. He just makes you weary. It's kind of like, ah, this Christian thing, and this walk with Christ, man, it just gets, it's getting too hard for me. And, and he wears you down. He wants you to get you, obviously, focused on other things except for Jesus and upon the things of the Spirit. And this is what this scripture is talking about. Because what happens when you don't focus on Jesus, us, what happens is you focus on the flesh. And the, the flesh accounts for nothing. And you know really in reality we're to mortify the flesh and we obviously are to crucify self every day. But that takes a determination. You and I need to be focused upon that. There are four principles I believe regarding when we talk about what we set our minds on. The first is we have a choice as to what we'll set our minds upon here. The second thing is, is obviously the thinking we choose to embrace is what drives our behavior. How you think, what you focus on, what you obviously not just uh, glance at, but that you gaze upon. The third thing is with our thoughts, we cultivate desire, whether it be good desires or bad desires. And then personal transformation occurs by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Very, very important here. And obviously uh, when you're born again the Spirit, we're joined with Christ there and so forth. And one day our body will uh, one day be transformed when we're resurrected there. In the meantime God is working on our soul, our mind, our will and our emotions. He's working on us so that we have one desire and that is Jesus Christ. I love Psalm 27. I pray it on a regular basis. Verse 4. It's the one thing I seek, the one thing I ask for, and that is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life and to dwell with Him in His temple. That's the one desire. David had that desire. And that should be our desire also. Not the desires that the world place there, but the one desire is to grow in our walk with Jesus Christ. I was praying. I woke up at 3, I think it was 3 o'clock in the morning this morning, and I was praying, and I'm going, Lord... You know, I'm not like Jesus in this area of my life, and I'm not like Jesus over here, but here I am in the middle of the night, I was praying, I said, but change it, Lord, get rid of it. I can't do it, but you can. And so, as God begins to just whittle away those things that are not like Jesus in our lives, we just say, Lord, come, let me cooperate with you, because you can't do it, and I can't do it, but the Spirit of God in us can. And so, you know, whenever that may happen, hopefully you can get a good night's rest. I wasn't able to really go back to sleep, of course, and Cindy was up and and all, but. but I was praying, Lord, do that, because I know you're here, I know you hear me, and I believe it's your desire that you do that. See, we understand the necessity of grace. Grace, without grace we cannot do it. And we know that here. But there are things we're told to do. Because without God we can't do it. But without our cooperation, many times He won't do it. And that's why when we look at Philippians chapter 2 it tells us to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling here. But it goes on to say, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure here. And so it's our part to do it. And also the Spirit of God's part to do it. We've got to cooperate with Him. You know, I'd like to just be able to just say, Lord, you just do it all, and I'll kind of sit back and relax and in my easy chair and so forth. But it is cooperating with you. And you see, the renewing of our minds is a day-to-day experience. It is getting into the Word of God, yes. But it is a day-to-day experience. And, and actually what's happening is, is that every day when you walk with the Lord, that He is the priority of your life, and you say on a regular basis, is, you know, when you make decisions, is, Lord help me, give me wisdom in this particular decision. May it be pleasing unto you. And so it is obviously very, very important, and the first point is is we've got to be intentional about what we think about here. Just because I wake up with a depressing thought in my mind in the morning here, and, and, and so forth, doesn't mean That we're going to be depressed all that day. It doesn't mean that you allow that thought to lead you into a chain of thoughts that bring you down emotionally. You see, you can wake up depressed, you can wake up, and I understand there are chemical imbalances, don't get me wrong. But sometimes I believe it is spiritual depression. I believe it's actually spiritual depression. It could be obviously a demonic attack upon you and me, whatever it may be. I believe that Satan wants to keep the church depressed. I believe he wants to keep uh, some really knowing the hope that we're called into and are anchored, being anchored with Jesus Christ. I believe that's what actually happens. There is a war that's going on in that that regard here, obviously. But we decide whether or not to mull that depressing thought around in our minds and so forth, or whether or not, say it may be finances and saying, I'll never be able to to get out of this financial situation. I'll never be able to do this and that. I'll never really be able to be successful in life and all these things. You see, these things are not from God. Because God wants you to be successful, certainly in the kingdom of God, in His relationship with, him, with, with the Lord. God will provide all of our needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. And He goes way beyond that many, many times. But He just says, I want you to know this, but it starts here. Because if you start thinking, you know, in such a way as this will never happen and so forth, then actually, obviously, you begin to have it implanted. It will change your behavior. You see, first of all, we learn to quickly discard thoughts that come from the sinful nature. You know, the sinful nature produces selfish thoughts, lustful thoughts, anger thoughts, prideful thoughts, envy, unforgiveness, judgment of others, and so forth. But we know what the fruit of the Spirit says in Galatians chapter 5. And actually it was taught this morning by Jerry talking about the fruits of, of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self control and and, and long suffering and so forth and all these They're wonderful things that we that are that are there that God's saying. But we've got to allow these things to be to, to dwell upon these things, because if you don't, you're gonna let the other stuff. I think David said it in Sunday school. He said you're either filled with, with the Lord or you're filled with something else. You know, be you filled with the Spirit of the Lord. One or the other, we're gonna be filled with something. And so I want to be filled with God. How about you? Amen. I want to be filled with the Lord here. We obviously, uh, we simply decide not to embrace the thought there, but we don't leave the vacuum because we can't just say everything is negative. I've always used the illustration that if I, you know, on a fence, on a privacy fence, it's got a knothole. If I tell you not to look at a knothole, what are you going to do? You're going to go in and look at it, aren't you? I tell you not to do it, okay? It's just you know, human nature there. And so we don't let that vacuum obviously stay. We fill that vacuum with the Word of God, with the things. In Philippians chapter 4 here, we need to be proactive. And he says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue... And if there's anything praiseworthy, he says to meditate on these things. Get your mind on the good things. In other words, real simply, my verbatim is get your mind on the good things about God. Get your, show, get your focus back on Jesus and what His plans are for you and, and your future. You see, God has a good future planned for all of us. Doesn't mean it won't be bumpy roads. But God obviously says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we discuss what that actually means, that He will never abandon us. He never leaves us. We know that. And we go, oh, I know that, Jim. But He says He'll never forsake us. And remember, what that means is, I'll never turn my heart away from you. And that's good news, church. I'll never turn my heart away from you. And so we continue to dwell. The only, obviously, ground that the enemy can get is what you and I give him. And that's many times through our thought life. We look at situations. I look at this country now, and you know I'm going, oh, if I didn't have faith in Jesus, if I didn't really believe in the Scripture. You see, you know, God has it all planned out. It's going to work exactly according to His Word. You know, and the timing and so forth is what we obviously are like, Lord, when's the timing on this? When are you coming back? And so forth, and all these things. And God always tells His people to be ready, always to be ready, but be confident. One day He will return. One day He'll return and you and I, as born-again believers, will go home to be with Him. And that's what my desire is, to be home with Him. Until then, my vision is what I've laid out for this church on on a regular basis in different ways, in my own way of speaking and so forth. And that is leading each one of you into a deeper walk of intimacy with Jesus Christ. Being able to hear God speak to you through His Word and through circumstances, through the still small voice, through all the things that we see. Being able to discern and being led by the Spirit of the Lord. Because if we're not led by the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says that we're not really children of God. So we've got to, we've got to be those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So I want to be led by by the Lord. We, I want to do whatever is going on here. And and some people struggle with a lot of fears and anxieties, while others struggles with uh, covetousness and uh, particular tempted towards pride. Others may may go easily into depression or self pity. Uh, some people have unforgiveness or bitterness, or some people have anger or whatever. And 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 you can deal with that by filling your mind with the opposite. You see, we all deal. We are all in this flesh. And the sinful nature won't get any better. It rears its ugly head. And it won't get any better better until you and I go to heaven. You know, you think, you know, as a pastor, you don't have any of these things. You don't have the issues I have. I have just the same issues you have. Sometimes maybe worse. I don't say your trials and tribulations are not bad. But I want to tell you, we're all in this together. And there are things that you and I face that we need to know how to do warfare against and to understand the seriousness of the enemy, to come against us on a regular basis, to bring us down, to keep us in, I believe, into from the full inheritance that God has for you and I, to keep us from going into what we've talked about there. As Joshua went in and Caleb went into the promised land, they didn't believe like the, the other 10 spies did. The ten other 10 spies said, we can't do it. We can't do this. Well, yeah, we just, I mean, yeah, they're, they're like, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants in the land. Looks bad over there. Oh yeah. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's all, has all the promises of God, but we can't do it. And God is saying, I'm trying to renew your mind because no, you can't do it, but God can through you and through me and through this church and through the body of Christ. Amen. That's what God is saying to the church today. But it takes us, you and I, thinking differently than what we thought before. It's called faith. It's called, it's called believing God, even though nothing looks like it's going that particular way. It's actually staying the course when everything comes against you. When spiritual warfare, maybe like this last week, or maybe in 2018 for you, it's called stay in the course here. You struggle with fears and anxiety. Fill your mind with the assurances from God's Word that He'll never leave you or never forsake you. If you're tempted towards bitterness or anger, think about God's mercy to you. You know what? When I think about anger, if I stay focused on the Lord, you know what the Lord will bring to mind to me? He goes, I've forgiven you, Jim, 70 times 7. I've shown mercy to you, so you need to show mercy to others. And I go, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You see, it's what you focus on. It's what your mind dwells upon. It's what you believe, and it will chart your behavior. It will set the course either in the right direction that God wants you to be in or the wrong direction, but we co- cooperate. Now, God has a way of correcting us or you use your heart open to Him. The second thing here is is fill your mind with the Word of God. You know, um, He's written his, his Word, His law on our hearts. And the Bible talks about that. It's so wonderful to be able to, to say, and thank You, Lord, for the, doing that here. Uh, line upon line and precept upon precept and a change in the way that we think. There's several, seven ways, I believe, we need to be using our Bibles. First of all, we need to just simply read it to get the flow of thought. Just read it. Pick it up and read it. Get into the Word of God the Word of God is just precious. You read it and you go, oh, I want to read more and more. And we know, obviously the second thing is we need to study the Bible. We need to study the Word. Uh, study to show yourselves approved. We need to, th- to study the Word of God. We need, the third thing is, is we need to meditate on a few verses. I'm not talking about Eastern mysticism. I'm talking about meditating, get in. And uh, let me just give you an example of that. You know, and I'll, I'll mention a little bit later here in the message. But if you would take and you go, well, I'm, I have trouble memorizing things, you know, and so forth. And uh, if you'll take an index card, a small index card, write a scripture on it. It doesn't have to be long. And then tape it on your mirror in the bathroom. And you get up. You see it. Get your focus in the right place. Instead of, uh, you know, in times when I'm going, oh, how are we are going to get through these, all the obstacles today? It gets me focused in that. And you begin to speak that. Like, for example, the 23rd song. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just memorize that first verse there in uh, Psalm uh, 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. There are certain verses I know we quote on a regular basis here. It's because ones that are kind of my favorite, ones I've learned over time and meditated on. And you know, I love the Word of God. Just meditate and watch what happens in your life. You start being transformed because it's the Word of God. It's renewing your mind. It's renewing. It's thinking really what, how God thinks. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says, but you and I have to cooperate with the Spirit to be able to set our mind upon those spiritual things, not the fleshly things. Fleshly things, I bring you down in a heartbeat beat, and you'll be depressed, I mean, over and over again. You know, God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 to meditate on, and actually the Torah, which was the Bible available to him. He was to meditate on it day and night. And then he goes on to say, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In other words, if you fill your mind there, you'll be prosperous, you'll be successful. Not necessarily in the way the world looks at it, but the way God sees it. You'll be successful in the kingdom of God. Just get your mind. Just take little verses or take parts of Scripture and, and meditate upon it. In Psalm 19, I'll meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And David is talking about this here. Obviously, we need to take a verse and ponder it and all and so forth. And then in Psalm 1, I love this. In the first couple of verses, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice their are things we're not to be letting into our thinking. He's not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. The obviously, but he goes on to say, he talks about and how we, we're looking for godly wisdom. You know, we're going to be counseled by somebody. We're going to be counseled by the world. We're going to be counseled by the TV. we we'll are going to be counseled by other people around us. You're going to be counseled, and I'm going to be counseled by somebody. And he said, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You see, most people In the United States right now, they're obviously seeking the the ungodly counsel of man, unregenerate man, man who is not born again, man who has not dwelt upon God, and they're seeking their wisdom and and their counsel. You're going to be filled with something, like David said in Sunday school either with God or other things, or the counsel of the ungodly. And, and that means we've got to know what's right and what's wrong. We've got to be discerning. And I believe in the end times, again, as I've always said, we'll continue, is that obviously dis- we're going to need discernment because there's going to be deception galore out there, and that's what we see rising. Many people today are deceived by what's going on and the only truth there is is jesus jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh to the father except through me jesus is truth look to jesus look to his word he's given his word to us a love letter and just get in don't try to be obviously a theologian in any way just allow god to speak to you through his word he will as we allow him but is the delight he goes on to say in Psalm one is in the law of the Lord, and in His law he meditates day and night here, and he shall be like a tree planted by the water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. bless the man. Don't don't get that ungodly counsel from the TV, and I'm talking about even maybe good godly TV channels. No, get in and search out the truth for yourself. That's what it will be. It will renew your mind. And in the warfare we're in, you got to have a renewed mind, trust me, certainly here. Memorize the scripture, like as I mentioned, any way you can do that, because it's obviously very, very needed to get the word of God. David said, I've hidden my, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I've got the word of God in my heart. The spirit of God will apply that as needed. You need to also pray the scriptures. Take the scripture, and I've mentioned this many times. I love it, because we pray. You know, the Lord is Jim's shepherd, and Jim shall not want. He maketh Jim to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth Jim beside the still waters, and he restores Jim's soul. He leadeth Jim in the paths of righteousness for for his sake. Yea, though Jim walks through the valley of the shadow of death, Jim shall fear no evil, for the Lord is with Jim. His rod and his staff, he comforts Jim. He prepares a table before Jim in the presence of his enemies. He anoints Jim's head with oil and Jim's cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Jim all the days of his life and Jim shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see how you can just put your name in there and just pray it. I mean, you're talking about being in the will of God when you pray. Just take that one. Everybody loves the 23rd Psalm. It's most of the times is, is quoted at, uh, in funerals. You don't have to wait to a funeral to be able to read the Word of God, okay? Or quote 23rd Psalm. Because 23rd Psalm is everyday affair in your life and my life. We need to do that. And James, it talks about don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word also here. Share the Word of God with other people, and, and God will bless you, and He will bless me. Share the Word receive and move out by faith because it's so important. Renewing your mind and in, in the Word of God and day-to-day uh, activities. It needs to be done. But my prayer is that all of us will, will really stay focused this new year of 2019. It talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you know, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We don't set our minds on those vain imaginations. But when a thought gets there, and you go, that takes effort. Yes, it does. You know, the Bible talks about that the Christian life is a race. And it says run, obviously, and, and, and cast aside those things that so easily entangles you, those sins. Cast them off and run that race. Be focused upon the Lord. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was focused upon the Lord. And, and he ran that race. And he said, I fought the good fight of faith ready to go home. You know, when we face our maker, the Lord, and so forth, will he say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I heard that spoken uh, uh, by some this past week at George H.W. Bush's uh, service, and he spoke of, uh, well done. I want to hear that, don't you? Well done, my good and faithful servant. I have not been <laughs> perfect. I not. I'm telling you, <laughs> neither, none of us But God is looking to say, where are you focused on? What is the bent of your heart? Are you bent towards serving the Lord? Are you bent, obviously, doing your own thing and setting it upon the fleshly desires that we know are are all over the place out there? Those who will stand during that time when all these things begin to break loose, it seems will be those who just keep coming back to the Lord. David was a man. He sinned. He sinned against Bathsheba. He, he numbered the, 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 the number of people there in, in Israel. He did a lot of, a lot of things. His confidence, he, he wavered. But you know the one thing about David's life was he always came back to the Lord. He repented, and he came to the Lord. You see, that offers for us today, that we can just Repent. And say it. We say, but I don't want to just say it. If I don't do it, you won't have strength to do it. But you begin by confessing it. You begin by saying, "Lord, I repent of these things. I want to be more like Jesus. I have not. I I, I haven't arrived, and I really need Your help to be able to do that. Don't you know, God Almighty will honor that prayer? God Almighty will honor the prayer. Now, our challenge is, and I'll close with these thoughts: is that to take the Word of God, pick it up read it, study it every day, get into the Word. I believe we're living in a country that's famished for the Word of God. I believe that many, many people today, I believe they're hungry, and they believe, they are hungry, aren't they? They're hungry for something. Well, you see what's actually happened. We've been made to be hungry for God. And a lot of people ignore that. And again, the old expression, looking for love in all the wrong places can be applicable to all of what we're talking about. People are looking for love. They want acceptance. And Jesus is there with his arms wide open, saying, "I love you, and I want a relationship with you." I mentioned the 12 virgins there, Matthew chapter uh, 25, or actually 10, 10 virgins at Matthew 25. Remember? 12, 10, five of them had their lamps trimmed. they were ready. they'd been prepared. The other five didn't. And when the bridegroom came, he is obviously they went in while the five were out trying to get prepared. They were scrambling to get prepared. When they came back, the door was shut. I remember the door didn't get open to them. What is that all about? When Jesus said, depart from you, from me, I never knew you. What does that mean? Ever wondered what that actually means? What that means is, is that we need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously, we know He knows us, but we need to relate to Him in that sense of intimacy. It's intimacy. You know what? I'm a Baptist. My Baptist background always comes out. The Baptists have always preached in the sense of it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, the, the, the friends, the Quakers, and all of those who teach that it is a relationship with Jesus. And I want that relationship every day. And I want that depth of intimacy with Jesus Christ every day. But it doesn't take place just by me sort of like kind of humdrum. And, and that's not my focus. It will only take place as you focus upon the Lord. Let me ask you this. This is really going to get us out of our comfort zones. If you want to really share, when you go in the grocery line or in maybe in Walmart, wherever you may be, ask the Lord. You know how you come up to the counter to pay for your, um, your purchases? Ask the Lord, Lord, what line do you want me to get in? And then see if, if God nudges you a particular way. If you don't, then get in the line. You've asked Him and say, okay. And then maybe you can, where someone's standing in line, maybe you could start off a conversation with them like this. And maybe you could ask something like this. And I'm just throwing this out. And that is, you could say something like this. It's, you know, I've been thinking about God a lot recently. How about you? And see what happens. You say, oh, Jim, we're gonna, we could get rejected. Yeah, you could. I could. But you see, the need, needs of the world today to know Jesus Christ are so great. You and I, and we have the answer. But I bet you that you're going to find people who will say, yeah, I have been. And you'll be able to start up a conversation about God and Jesus, okay? Or you could start and go in line and you could say something like this. You could say, um, you know, um, God has laid on my heart to pray for people how can I pray for you? See what they say. It that something. See how, what they say, how they respond to you. They may say, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I just went through a death or I've gone through uh, a financial crisis. And you may be able to say, it doesn't take a preacher to go and pray with somebody. You can pray. And God can move, okay? Just think about that a minute. Ask Him. When you go into grocery store, you say, "I'm not thinking about that." Many times I do, and I seem to get focused on. But a lot of times, I'm just trying to, you know, get the best buy out of Walmart I can. How about y'all? Getting the sales at HEB or whatever—that's all I'm thinking about. Think about it a little different there, because you know what? Jesus, remember, Jesus went about the countryside and he showed compassion upon the people. And um, I believe that's what we're to do also. And this time of the year, people are thinking, Christmas, man, I, I don't have the finances to get everybody a gift. I'm so embarrassed. I, I mean, I can't do this and that because, you know, the funds are just not there and so forth. You know what? I, I think we need to get over that and just be with one another, okay? We spend too much money. I'm sorry. Christmas, about this. I'm not saying, do I'm, I'm just saying, let's get back to the basics and, and get back to just that simplicity. I'm, I'm not denouncing any of this. Don't get me wrong. But just think about it. The real reason people want to know the hope that is in Jesus Christ here. You know, turn your drive into work, or wherever you go. Into a time of praise and worship, or maybe a time of prayer. Say, Lord, cover my family. My family needs the Lord Jesus in their lives. I'm, cover them. Maybe you can use that time, and so forth. And then, as I mentioned, memorize a Scripture verse. Put it on your your bathroom mirror. Let God into every area of your life. You obviously are becoming more aware of His presence. Now, I believe we're in three seasons. We're going to have a song here before you all play too, by the way, if you hold just tight. Okay. Um, I believe we're in three seasons. Number one, I believe we're in the passive wrath of God. Romans chapter 1. Basically what happens is the people continue to resist God and say, and do their own thing. And God, the Bible says He turns Him over. It's a passive wrath. I believe what we're seeing is that we're in that time. We're in that passive wrath of God. But we're also, I believe, in the act of preparation. I've talked about it, Revelation chapter 19, the bride making herself ready. And that means in every trial, every testing, every tribulation you and I face, look at it from God's standpoint and say, He's making me more like Jesus. Even if the devil gets involved with it, Now obviously you take authority, but you also realize God can use those things even when the enemy comes against you and me. But I believe also we're in a time of essential transition. In Isaiah chapter 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord rises upon you. In other words, the darkness, as the Bible says, there in those verses will continue to increase. But the light of Jesus, the glory of God, is going to be upon the people of God. Trust me. That's going to happen. Amen? That's prophetic. Obviously, it's why renewing our minds is so important because of the intense spiritual warfare that we're in. But I believe the fields are ripe for harvest. In John chapter 4, we discussed last week, the disciples were, I believe, his disciples saying, You know, um, we'll wait four months and then they'll be ready. How many of us have said that about our neighbors? We'll be waiting. You know what happens? You wait and wait and wait and you never do. Jesus said, you say that the harvest is not ripe. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth right now. The harvest is there ripe right now. There are people that need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you and I don't get out and do something and to be able to speak the truth in love, seasoned with grace, just to say they need Jesus, and then it's not going to get done. He waits We cooperate with Him. Obviously, we've got to step out in faith. But we haven't, we can't continue to wait and continue to do things the way we've always done them. We need to step out in faith. God is good. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for the benediction. Thank you. And then we will, I'll pray. And Lord, bless the food that is there over... Uh, in fellowship hall and ask that you would bless the hands that have prepared it. And we thank you and the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his counsel upon you and give you peace. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you.